Hello, everyone, and welcome to our show. I'm Jeff Carroll. And I'm Brennan Berry. This is... And we are... The The Soccer Soccer Fanatics. Thank you all so much for tuning in, especially if you turned in last week. We really appreciate the support. This is MLS Week 2. Let's get right into it with our first segment, Result Recap and Prediction Roundup. I'm going to go ahead and get started. So first game of week two, New England versus Chicago, a 1-1 tie. I was right about that. <laughs> oh, what are you laughing at? It's just funny the way you're saying it. I I was definitely wrong. I thought Chicago was going to pull off the win. And Chicago looked really good against Seattle in week one. They did. And so it was, a good, it was a good reason to think that. Right. Um, I just thought that New England being at home, I thought that they would have that advantage. And... But because Chicago looked good in week one versus Seattle, that's why I put it as, as a tie. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Uh, Buskis got his uh, first goal, a new forward for, for New England, and mm-hmm. so he's pretty. He's probably pretty happy about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited. The, the interesting thing about Chicago is they can possess really well. They just need to work on their finishing. Yeah. And if they can get that, I think they can beat really anybody, to be honest. Yeah, and the thing is, is that and we were talking more about this later, is that possession is becoming a more intriguing mm-hmm. topic. We're going to talk more about that later. But it'll be interesting to see if Chicago's kind of the outlier in that their possession allows them to be successful because yeah. other teams, it may not be like that. Right. Speaking of possession, RSL and New York oh, Red boy. Bulls. The I was wrong. I thought RSL was going to win. For a while there, it looked like RSL was going to. They they should have. Um, <laughs> they they possessed the ball super they well. They possessed it super well. They had many more chances. Right. Um, they had a couple goals called back for handball. I, I'm still on the fence, but I begrudgingly think that it was probably the right call. So I don't remember who it was, but they headed the ball down onto their arm before it went into the goal and I think it was probably going in anyway but it did go off their arm and so mm-hmm. you kind of have to call it that. does it does affect the play yeah so frustrating uh Demir Karlock did get the tying goal in the 92nd minute I think it was it was during stoppage time great 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 cross from Aaron Herrera perfectly dimed ball across the back line right to the back post and Demir's header was spot on mm-hmm. so it was nice to get the point um, but to have that much control of the game and to only come out with a draw is, is frustrating, especially right. for, for an RSL fan. Um, nonetheless, I'll still rep every day. I'm wearing my <laughs> RSL shirt today, That's so true. I'll rep my team no matter, no matter what the result. I'm also wearing my, uh, Utah Royals hat because the NWSL preseason starts today. So I'm excited to see the, uh, the Royals get started here in, in April with, yeah. uh, with regular season play. Um, but that's a completely different league, so I'm not going to go too much into that. <laughs> Concentration, right? I, I definitely hope that both teams are successful this year. D- New York Red Bulls didn't perform very well against RSL. The fact that they got that tie is kind of surprising to me. Yeah, no, it was surprising. I mean, their and their goal was an outside-the-box shot that mm-hmm. arguably Zach McMath should have saved because it was, it was near post. And you don't have Nick Romando anymore, so it's a little, yeah, it's a little hard to judge at the first few games. Yeah, well, and... I mean, we talked about the health of Giuseppe Rossi wasn't even on the bench. Yeah. It's already not a good sign. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. 
Um, what about Dallas and Montreal? So Dallas and Montreal. So that was a really interesting game. So I expected, I expected Dallas to pull this one out because they blanked Philadelphia two nothing at home, and Montreal needed a little bit of help to mm-hmm. get their win last week against New England from from VAR. Right. But Montreal were the ones that actually that actually came out swinging, um, which was you know impressive to do on the road. I think that's definitely a change in the system where it's you know that's what Thierry Henry is going to do he's not going to be defensive he's going to be aggressive and and they you know they came out with with two goals they scored first yeah. uh, Maxi Rudy ex ex FC Dallas player with both of them they uh, Dallas had to get two late goals a a goal from Zdenek on Drasic in the 83rd minute and then the winning goal from 17 year old Ricardo Pepe 90 plus six yeah like for a 17 year old to have that kind of impact in a game where he keeps his composure to score the winning goal that late that's impressive so Dallas probably should have got the win but for them to draw back under that kind of circumstance is pretty impressive yeah I I agree it shows a lot about the character of the team if Dallas can come back from being too nil down and coming back and being able to tie it up and get at least a point against a very good Montreal team, um, a Montreal team that did move on in the CCL. Yeah, they, yes, it, they it, did. It's, this is a very, very good chance for Dallas to kind of show who they are, and hopefully they'll continue that and get better and better throughout the season. Yeah. I'm excited to see where Dallas goes. I had them tie in this game. So um, you had it right. I did have that right, but I was kind of guessing on that one. I, I honestly thought... Um, when I was looking at everything for this game, I thought Montreal could pull it off, but Dallas had pulled back. Yeah, it's uh, there's just there's already been so many uh, surprising results, even mm-hmm. just in the first two weeks. It's it's so hard to it's so hard to figure out. Uh, one thing for Montreal to learn from this: two nothing is the most dangerous scoreline. Yep. Because you know you think okay, two nothing, they still hadn't scored until the 83rd minute, turned it around. You know. The game's never done till it's done. Again, um, uh, two two years ago, three years ago, Champions League, Barcelona went down four nothing in the first leg to PSG. Yep. Once six one in the yep. next leg. Yep. Last year, Liverpool went down three nothing in the first leg to Barcelona. Won the next one four nothing. So, you never know. No you, no scoreline is safe. No scoreline is safe, and that's and that's why I really hate the whole bunker down. Mm-hmm park the bus thing because I understand playing more conservatively and I understand you know maybe taking off a forward bringing on a midfielder getting a little bit more possession a little bit more control but you can't just park it so early because if you're getting hampered down then more often than not you are gonna concede yeah I agree all right DC versus Miami plenty of controversy in this game we'll get to it yeah later um but what what did you expect from this game? Um, I thought this was going to be a tie. I really wanted and hoped that Miami was going to win, but I did honestly think this was going to be a tie. The fact that DC won actually really frustrates me. It, it, and we'll get to the controversies in a little bit, but DC should not have won. No, they shouldn't have. Miami was by far the better team. Um, they were very much more prepared. Um, the goal that they got was very well executed. Um, I was very excited to see that goal and the yeah, way that it was congrats performed. to Rodolfo Bizarro for mm-hmm. scoring Miami's first goal in, in MLS history. Yeah, Bizarro is looking very 
solid. Yeah, he um, is like he 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 came in to be the guy, and they're showing that he is the guy. Mm-hmm. And it, the the goal was very clean. It was there was nothing wrong about it. Um, the way that even the penalty in DC's game was a little. Soft. little soft it, the, the whole the referee crew did not do well that game i'm really sad for miami i do think they deserved more um but i think this is going to be only up for them from here on out yeah no i agree I, I i expected miami to win and i was sad that they didn't um i don't feel like dc is playing super well Mm-mm. that could change with certain player that they brought in we'll talk more about that later right but yeah, and, and some un- some unfortunate refing decisions that I think shifted the tide of that game. Right. So let's move on. Kind of like our previously picked match of the week was Toronto NYFC NYCFC. This was an intense game. For being one nothing. For being one nothing. I was right in this one. I thought Toronto was going to win, and they did. And I honestly thought it was because. Toronto was going to go in there with the mentality that this is like the playoff. And I think they did. And it really showed NYCFC is a great team. They, they, they've been kind of struggling the past couple games, but I do think that Toronto deserves the win. Yeah. NYCFC, they are a great team, but I just feel like they just, they need, they need to be doing more. They have mm-hmm. too much talent. I mean, I look at the players that they have on their team, a bear, Maxi Morales, Jesus Medina, Alessandro Matrita, um, Gary Mackay, Steven, Valentin Castellanos, Ismael Tuziri Shradi. Like, those are all people who can and need to be producing goals. Yeah. And right now, I agree. they have. What was their What was their result last week? I don't remember. So let me go ahead and check. Uh, they didn't score last week. They lost uh, to Columbus, and they lost. Now to Toronto, they haven't scored yet. They have too many offensive weapons to not be scoring. Yeah. I, I think it's going to come, though. It, NYCFC kind of starts out slow, goes really good in the end, and then they crash. But yeah. hopefully that they'll be able to start out slow, because obviously they are, but then grow and potentially go even further than they do the previous years. Well, and it's they are starting slow, but they started fast in Champions League. In yeah, Champions that's true. League. They put five pass their team away from home so they have the firepower they just i don't know if they're lacking confidence or or what exactly is going on i wasn't able to watch the game so i don't really know i don't think it's necessarily confidence though i I do think it's just the way that they're they're just not producing um good the the passing was off um they weren't yes they the stats show that they completed a lot of passing the passes that were passed were not executed correctly. Yeah. Um, it's one thing to pass, um, like to square a ball versus to put a through ball yeah, of course. on an attack and to push the ball forward. And they've proven that they can do that. They can do that. It's just this, the last couple of games, they just have not been do doing it. Do you think it's a cohesion issue? Do you think it's a system issue? Because I look at the team and I'm like, not much has changed at all. No, I don't think it's a system or a cohesion issue at all. I just think it's just... They're not doing it. Yeah. The, it. It's, um, I do think considering their players, who they are, that they, um, they may struggle with wanting to be the star. And 
if they can stop that kind of culture, I think it will get better. But even then, it's not that's still not strong enough to control the whole game. Yeah. Um, that their passing just needs to be better. Yeah, no, I, I think they'll be better. I had, I had this as a, as a tie just because I expected more from New York, but congrats to, congrats to Toronto for getting the win. And also congrats to, uh, their goal scorer. I'm going to butcher this name, but Afunayachi Achara, (laughs) um, got a, got a goal in his debut. So, so good for him. Right. No, I agree. Um, what about, so obviously that was our match of the week. We'll get to our match of the week for this, um, next week later, but what about the Atlanta and Cincy game? So I expected Atlanta to win as they did. Here's the interesting thing though, is that, and we talked about last week, okay, what are they going to do with Joseph Martinez? Um, talked about how you talked about how Pitti is going to have to take a lot of the load as he did goal and assist. Mm -hmm. So good performance for him, goal and assist for Barco. Um, so, in that sense, it was good, but still, to only win two one against Cincy, little bit concerning at home. You know, Mercedes Benz Stadium, like, right? That's a bit concerning. Now, I wonder if Cincy's a bit better than we give them credit for. Um, I, I, I wonder th- if there's a lot more that's gone on in the off season, and that they're just a lot more ready to go after the travesty that was last season. Yeah, I, I think watching um, the Atlanta and Cincy game. Cincy does look better than they were the last year. Um, I don't know if a lot happened necessarily for them over the off season, other than I think they're starting to mesh. Teams that are mediocre, once they mesh, can become great. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's really any team. I mean, you watch Minnesota. Yeah, actually, that's exactly what I was thinking about, is the fact that Minnesota, their first year, their first two years, they were... They were pretty bad. They were garbage. And, okay, yes, to put it quite plainly. Um, and then last year they were in the playoffs, and this year, even in the first two games, they've just been dominant. Yeah, they, they have so eight goals already in the first two yeah, games. Eight goals, both it's, on the road. Yep. It, this is their, I think Cincinnati will take just as much time as Minnesota. Um, and one, Cincinnati does look like they're starting to progress. Which is nice. Atlanta, yes, PT had to take the, kind of take the reins in a sense, um, and I think he did really well at that. But I do think since he performed well. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens for both teams on completely two different sides of the spectrum. Since see if they're able to continue to grow and progress, and Atlanta, how they're going to do without Joseph. Right. All right. So, next game. Speaking of Minnesota, yeah, San Jose two, Minnesota five. The, Holy cow. This absolutely shocked me. I'm not going to lie. Like, I honestly thought San Jose was going to pull off the win. Yeah, because they had, they came back from 2 nothing down against against Toronto last right. week, which, again, Toronto, really, really good team. Right. It, it just doesn't make any sense how Minnesota is just – everything's meshing for them. And yeah. I think um, you have a lot of thoughts about this whole Minnesota game um, because I think you have a lot of things that really – stuck out to you during that game for me what stuck out san jose just did not show up yeah and i was really frustrated that minnesota showed up but what are your thoughts well so here's actually something that's really that really interests me about the san jose minnesota game so minnesota won 5-2 on the road Mm -hmm. san jose better overall passing accuracy 
better attacking half-passing accuracy, better final third pack, passing accuracy, more possession, 62 to 37. Yeah, so that's like it's significant difference of possession. And they, they even outshot Minnesota, mm-hmm. 20 to 17. But Minnesota still got the win. They put five goals past them. So, and you notice this against, I and I noticed this last week against Portland. Minnesota had to bunker in a bit at the beginning against Portland. Portland was pushing. They were they were the ones that were on the attack a lot. They were pushing in. And the second half, Minnesota was had withstood that pressure, and so they're like, all right, our turn. And they were able to come out on the break, and they were they weathered the storm and ended up putting three goals past Portland. I don't know exactly how the game started against San Jose. Obviously, it started differently because Minnesota's first um first four goals were all in the first half right so obviously a different start to the game but the idea that they can not only win but dominantly win even when they're not dominating certain stat lines right is very impressive and it's kind of scary if you look at the other team that they're playing the, their stats mean nothing at that point yep and it's the it, great, it's the great and terrible thing about soccer. Right. It's the great and terrible thing about it, soccer. It, San Jose, yes, they may have dominated everything, but defensively, they did not do anything. That's true. Um, the Minnesota, the fact that Minnesota had what was it? What did you say? Thirty six percent. Yeah, Minnesota had exactly. Let me let me pull it back up for you. They had thirty six point. Sorry, thirty seven point eight possession that's 37.8 possession you should maybe get a goal if you have that much possession they have five and that that to me just shows manchester united beat manchester city yesterday and had like 26 percent that that just doesn't make any logical sense but when it comes to it and we'll get to that later well that's part of our discussing um topics but i just think it's interesting minnesota does not need possession to be successful that's true yeah they should be they should be really proud of the things that that they're that they're doing um so i have them as my team of the week mm. i mean again to get five goals on the road that's impressive um and i also have them for my player of the week young gregoosh one goal two assists fantastic two assists came off corner kicks yeah but but the thing is is that every like they brought in young gregoosh last year and last year was the year that things changed for Minnesota. Yeah. If things come through him, then and he's he's not even he's a mix between a six and an eight because yeah. he is a D mid, but he likes to get forward. And so it's and because you have Ozzy Alonso who can just sit in front of the back line, right, he doesn't have, have to, to go worry. anywhere. So Gregush plays a six when he needs to, plays an eight when he can, and he just he likes getting forward and he's that deeper threat that if you have somebody who's a, a really, really effective eight is huge. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so big and he has such great delivery. So if every single time there's a corner kick or a free kick, you should be scared. That's impressive. They had eight corner kicks. See that that's just nuts. The, the interesting thing about this is as well is like you mentioned Ozzy Alonso, Ozzy, and Ikapara 
when you have those two running up the middle of your spine, and then you can have uh, Grey Goose, is that how you Grey say Goosh. Grey Goose, yeah. making those um, transition and runs, Ozzy, he's already super solid. He can just stand there. Yeah, he and, can just he, sit in front of the back line. And if you can have a player, or two, three players that can do that on a team and still get the counter, insane. Yeah. And Minnesota defensively and offensively look very dangerous. Yeah, and Ozzy, I mean, Ozzy's, what, 35? Mm-hmm. Something like that. Like, he's not someone that is young enough to cover a lot of ground now, and because of Grego, she doesn't have to. I agree. I agree. Now, what about that SKC and Houston game? So, as much as it begrudges <laughs> me to say it, so SKC looking really good. Um, I expected them to win. I was right. 4 nothing, utterly dominant. Um, again, another big performance from Gadi Kinda, one of their new signings, another big performance from Alan Polito. Uh, going on assist for Kyrie Shelton, which I think he definitely needs that. It'll be interesting to see if Sporting Kansas City can keep up the kind of pressure that they're having right now with with the quality. Um, we'll, uh, we'll wait and see. Yeah, I, I was a little disappointed with Houston. I'm not going to lie. No, H- I agree. Houston is a good team. They have a very strong attack if they're healthy. Um, but I do think that SKC did deserve the win. Polito is just doing so well. Um, he's young. He's dynamic. He's ready to play. And I do think that he's going to be a big difference maker for SKC this year. Yeah, well, that's really interesting because the whole debate of Liga MX versus MLS. Right. People are always talking about how it's always, it's Liga MX, Liga MX, Liga MX, mm-hmm. which is fair because of their performance in, in CONCACAF. But why would people be coming to MLS if it's all about Liga MX? Right. Lucas Alarian, Alan Polito, Rodolfo Pizarro, like these are quality people who have been playing at Liga MX that are choosing MLS. And I think that shows that they're, they see progress in MLS and they want to be they want to be a part of it. I agree. I agree. All righty. On to the next game, Colorado versus Orlando. What are your thoughts? Um I was wrong on this one. I thought that was going to be a tie, but I'm also not surprised. Um Colorado has been very consistent. Um they they've been winning, but they've also just been I guess defensively, they've been pretty solid. They they're, they're not letting things go through that shouldn't go through yeah a couple um, of years ago they were really solid where they had like uh some records about how little how yeah. few goals they were letting in and i think they're starting to get back to that if that's the case colorado is going to be very dangerous in the west um the whole west very, very crowded re- west yeah, the, the west just looks insane this year um I, i'm just i'm really excited to see um colorado progress and I'm I'm a Sounders fan, and Colorado and Sounders tend to be pretty intense games. But honestly, I'm not mad if Colorado ever beats Seattle because Colorado deserves wins, um, the way that they've been performing. Um, I think Orlando, though, on the other hand, has been really bad. Yep. And for Colorado to only win two one, that's a that's still a little, uh. Yeah, but that's fair. I I do think Colorado deserved the win. Yeah, I think Colorado is still building. And they do have two wins out of two, mm-hmm. um, two late winning goals. Um, but you're right, Orlando Orlando still has work to do yeah. um, in the growth. Um, but 
you know, Oscar Perea did did good things with Dallas. I think he's a good coach. I think if he can get the most out of his players, I think that they can do well. But Orlando fundamentally has just not been good since they came into the league. I, um, agree. I mean, they had they had Kaká, one of the greatest Brazilian players of all time, and they still were not able just to be super it. successful. Yeah, um, because other people didn't step up. And I, I don't know if it's necessarily just that other people couldn't step up. I just don't think there's a culture there that's created of wanting to win. Yeah. Um, I think they've just decided, oh, we're just going to be the losing team of the league. Um, but if they can create a culture of where they they believe in themselves, I think that's going to be a big difference. No, I agree. How about the Vancouver and L.A. game? Oh, boy. So this will be one of our talking points later. I believe it's one of our controversy points, yep. as decided by me. I'll take the full blunt of this. So <laughs> any of you were listening and are just like you're an idiot i'll take the full blast for that one um you'll you'll hear why later so la lost at home to vancouver who lost at home 3-1 to skc last week so not a good look for la right i thought la was gonna win just because i haven't seen a whole lot from vancouver Mm -hmm. in the offseason but they lost it was not a good not a good performance. Another not good performance from Chicharito, right. which is concerning. I know I know it takes time to gel. I know it takes time to to get used to it and so on and so forth. But, uh, yeah, you got to get him going. I mm-hmm. mean, we've already seen new players coming in, going right from the off yep. for other teams. And the fact that Chicharito isn't doing it, you wonder, I don't feel like the pressure is going to get to him because he's such an experienced guy, but I think it's more of a system issue. I mean, LA Galaxy at home had one shot on target that's, the entire game. Yeah, that's ridiculous. The, the, something, the Chicharito is a really good player. He's, yeah. he's shown that around the world. The problem is he's good when he has support. Right now, he does not have support. Yeah. And he should be getting support from Pavon, right. from Katai, from Kleschen. I I thought Kleschen might have been like an under-the-radar signing that he still has gas in the tank to mm-hmm. go that could be super good for the Galaxy because it was a free transfer. Right. But if he plays like he's been playing in Orlando, then that's going to be a bust. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I'm really... Yeah, we'll we'll get. To, I have a lot of opinions about LA, but we'll get to that in just a little bit. Um, what about the Seattle and Columbus game? So this game, this game surprised me. Um, I was very, very much expecting expecting Seattle to to pull this one out. Um, Columbus, like uh, this was this was uh, this was a tough game. It was mm-hmm. a tough game to figure out because Columbus has a lot of dangerous pieces, but they only won one nothing up a man right at home to New York City FC. Up a man for eighty seven plus minutes. Right. Um Seattle so correct me, remind me, did Morris start? Um Morris did start. Okay, so Morris did start. Morris didn't perform very well. Um I think he's pretty gassed. The 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 problem with Seattle at the moment is they don't have Nico Ladero. Once Ladero comes back in, 
Morris can take that weight off. Yeah. Well, and that allows Jao Paulo to right. do what he wants to do, which is be like Gregouche, where he's a mix between a six and an eight. Right. So now he can't, he doesn't just have to be the 10 because he's not a 10. Right. And, and another issue is that we're, instead of putting uh, Jones up on the wing, we ha- we put Abara up at the wing. Yeah. And we, and he actually performed a lot better this game. Um, all about progress. He he's he'll progress, but I don't think he's starting caliber. Um, I think Jones still needs to stay up there and then put New Who back. I want Harry Ship back in there. I do too. I Harry Ship. The problem with Harry Ship is he's lost a lot of confidence. Yeah, he has. And if, like if, right right now he's not ready to be a starter. Right. I just want him to be because it was one of those things when he was playing for Chicago and Chicago was bad. He was hitting bangers. In. Yeah, he was really good. I I do think that. Um, at one point, if Jones doesn't step up a little bit more, because Jones is starting to get up there in age as well, um, I do think that Harry Ship will come in and start taking control. Um, Columbus, though, they they bunkered down a lot in that game. Seattle had a lot of possession, and we'll we'll talk about possession in a little bit. But um, I do have to say, interestingly enough, I hate Portland. But I, I'm an RSL fan. I hate Portland too. I, I respect. No disrespect to Nat Borchers, Ned Gravoy, everybody right. that left RSL for Portland. I still love you. <laughs> I I still have respect though for Caleb Porter. Yeah, he's a really good coach. And I have him as my coach of the week, um, because for him to go take his team into Seattle, one of the hardest stadiums in the country to play mm-hmm. in, um, and to get a tie that that's a pretty big result for Columbus. Um, that being said, as well though. This my save of the week, which was also mine. I forgot to mention, but right. I'll let you talk about it. Stefan Fry, ninety seventh minute out of ninety six, they they get a foul. Columbus gets a foul and they take a free kick, and Stefan Fry just parries it away like it was nothing. Yeah, and it was a good free and kick. It was a like really good up, free up kick. up and above the wall. Yeah, and it, and it, it dipped down. It looked like it could it could have gone in, yeah. and Fry just. He's the god of Seattle. I mean, he he really is. When it comes, they might as well make a shrine for him. He he saves Seattle's butt so much. Yeah. And I I do think Stefan Fry is going to be very big this season, and I think he deserves to yeah. save the week. Another another big season for Stefan Fry for sure. Mm-hmm. Alrighty, Portland Nashville. What do you think about this game? Um. First of all, I'm really happy that Diego Valeri got a goal. He needs that. Yep. Um, and I think Portland needs that, especially considering all the stuff that happened this offseason and halfway through the season last year. Um, losing players um, to drugs <laughs> and just other issues. And I'm not going to name players because I think that's disrespectful to them. Yeah. But I, I do think that Diego Valeri deserved that goal. I do, however, think that Nashville deserved at least a tie in that game. I really wanted them to win. I had them winning this game. Um, but I do think that they deserved more than that loss. Yeah, no, I agree. They, they looked good last week. They looked good this week. They, I agree. They deserved more, more than a loss. I had them tying. And I, I, the thing is in the first two games, Miami's lost both and Mm -hmm. Nashville has lost both, but they've both looked so good. Yep. They both look so good, which means that, Hopefully it's not just they're looking good but not getting results because that would just be the worst feeling. Yeah. Hope, hopefully they start and and they will. Yeah. Hopefully they'll they'll be pulling out results. But 
Um, just hopefully not against RSL or Seattle. Yeah, hopefully not against <laughs> RSL or Seattle. All right, the, the last – holy cow, my goodness, the final game of the weekend. This was absolutely insane to me. Absolutely bonkers and i was not expecting a game like this at all me either i was shocked yeah i i stayed up pretty late making sure that i could watch this game and it was incredible to watch i'm jealous the the speed of the game was absolutely insane that i've never seen i mean even the mls cup the past couple years the speed has been nowhere compared to this game last night the lafc and philly tied 3-3 so both teams in all reality, could have won. Yeah. Philly deserved to win the way that they were playing. But LAFC, they're at home and they do whatever. And quite frankly, I think Philly tied. would take a point at LA. Like, if you would have oh, told yeah. them that they would have tied 3-3 at LAFC, I think they'd be like, okay. Not not just tying, but getting three in general yeah. at LAFC is insane. because LA- After getting blanked 2 nothing against Dallas. Right. LAFC is very good defensively at home yeah um especially on set pieces they were horrible on set pieces this year yep um i have this as my match of the week as do i and i also have this as my team of the week um for philly um i think philly did such an amazing job in la they they showed up ready to play they made mistakes so did la though and there was not a single time where Philly backed down. Mm-hmm. And I, I have, interestingly enough, I also have the goal of the week for defender Jacob Glesnes for Philadelphia. His banger to the top left corner was absolutely insane. Obviously, you have some thoughts on that, and I'll yes, let you I share do. in just a yes, second. I do. But I do think he took advantage of a shot and he was right about it. Um, they LAFC should have done better with it, but that that goal was absolutely an amazing goal coming from a defender. Um, but I do have, I mean, that was a great goal, but I still think his teammate was even better, Sergio Santos. He had a goal and assist, and he only had two shots. And his one goal that went in was an absolute dinger. And it was you just, do love that word. I love that word. It was just such. I I was not expecting to see Sergio Santos just step up so much, and he came and he really. You could tell he really, really wanted to play and beat LAFC. Yeah, for sure. Because after not having a lot of time last year, just due to injury. Well, and the thing is, is that Sergio Santos has to compete with Casper Shevilko, who had like sixteen goals last year, yep. and. To have to compete with that, like that's, I mean, that is that's tough. Like it's it's a tough, you know. Obviously, you don't want to be butting heads, but that's, I mean, if you have somebody that scored 16 goals last year, like that's gonna be your go-to guy. So yep. for him to step in and be like, no, I want to be the go-to guy, not, not that I want to be the go-to guy, but I want my teammates to trust me. Like, right. hey, I can get the job done. Right. So he did do super well. Um, so this is also like I said, my match of the week. Uh, just three three draws, so entertaining. Uh, this is also my coach of the week, Jim Curtin, for, for Philadelphia. Again, this is one of those things that LAFC dominated. Possession, passing, so on and so forth. But for Philadelphia to still get the win, that shows a lot of it shows a lot of resilience. So 
that's your goal of the week from Jacob Glassness. Like 40 yards out, screamer mm. of a free kick. Super, super well done. I'm going to be a little bit picky. Yeah, no, go for it. So, Kenneth Vermeer, the goalkeeper for LAFC, did not move until that ball was about five feet away from him. <laughs> and for a, a free kick to be 40 yards out, I mean, yeah. don't get me, like it was a strong free kick. There's no Roberto Carlos, though. Um, but it was not a knuckleball. There was no curve on it. There was no bend on it. It was pretty straight yeah. into the top corner. And it was it was pretty close to the top corner, but it, I think it was – Yeah, it's just so hard because it, it was a great goal, but for Vermeer to not move until the last second when he had that long to look at it and that long to think about it, that, that shows some goalkeeping experience. Now, you talked about how it looked like he was still talking to his players, yeah. trying to set things up when the shot was taken, and that's always tough because on one hand – you know, refs wait for things to be ready, but sometimes they're just like, nope. Like if if the ref, well, here's the thing: if the ref had blown the whistle and he was still talking to his players, that's on him. Yeah. Now again, I didn't watch the game, so I don't know if the ref made an indication for him to take the free kick without blowing his whistle. Can you? Um, I think he did blow the whistle. And if you blow the whistle, like it's game on. It's game on. Yeah. And that's the thing. And that's, and if you were not paying attention then you're going to get screwed because that's not going to get called back because he blew the whistle, which means the play is on. Yeah, I think it was him and one other player were the only two players that were not paying attention. And the, everybody else, there there was a very distinct moment where everybody looked at the ball right before he kicked it. And so it was very clear that this was about to happen, like he was about to hit it. And for LAFC's keeper to not be paying attention that is a very rookie mistake and he needs to fix something. And he's not a rookie. He has no. a lot of experience in Europe, so no, yep. he's he's got to do better. Um all right, so those are all the games this week. Let's let's take a look at our points. So I earn 6 and you earn 3, mm-hmm. which puts me at 12 and you at 8 on the season. So Still I'm currently close. ahead, but it's eas- er- early in the season. I got you. I'm going to uh, I'm going to make a comeback. Oh, you will. You will. If we've <laughs> learned anything from MLS, it's all about the comebacks. It's true. But Speaking of comebacks, when we come back, we'll bring you our next segment of the week. We told you about players and teams and coaches and matches of the week, but there's more of the week stuff going on that we want to tell you about. So stay right here, tune in with us, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Soccer Fanatics. Thanks so much for tuning in. We're glad you're here. I'm Jeff Carroll. And I'm Brennan Berry. All right. Let's get into our next segment of the week. As we said, we already talked about players and teams and yada yada of the week. But here's a couple more things we got. So our team of the week, not a single team, but our built team. Let's mm-hmm. go over who's the best. So, Brennan, let's let's start out with you for, for Golden Defense. Um, so I have Andre Blake for Philadelphia in there. Even though he let in three goals... They were not his fault. Um, one of them may be his, but the defense for Philadelphia, they, they screwed up a few times, and they were they were good goals by LAFC. Um, the difference was that Andre Blake still had eight saves. That is huge. Very impressive. Um, that That is right up there with Luis Robles last week. Mm-hmm. And for goalies to start being able to have those kind of games Shows that the keepers in the MLS are starting to get better. 
Um, so I'm really excited for him. I also have Ikapara, of course, in the defense. He had two goals, and he drew the penalty for Minnesota. Absolutely remarkable. That should not be happening. Especially after last week having such a bad game against Portland. Right. He bounced back. Bounced right back. He was ready to play, and he definitely showed up. And he was ready to help Minnesota get that win away from home. Um, I also have, interestingly enough, even though Philadelphia's uh, defense screwed up a few times, I have Mark McKenzie in there um, because he took every single hit he had against him like a man. In the It was in the first half, I believe, he got hit so hard in his mouth that the inside of his mouth and the outside started bleeding. And he had to sit with a cotton ball in his mouth the entire game. And he was hit there in that spot three or four different times. And he, he was, he just took it like a man. He was ready to play. And the way that he was moving up the field as well was actually really interesting to watch. LAFC could not defend him through the middle. And Mark McKenzie was really ready to just... So how far up did he get? Because he's a center back, correct? Yep. Um, he went up pretty far. There were there were a couple runs where he went up to almost the final third. Um, and he was able to get back. He ev- eventually had to come out during the stoppage time because he got a cramp. And I wouldn't blame him for having that cramp for working so hard. And if he um, didn't come out until stoppage time, I mean, that's it's impressive for him to have gone that long. I agree. And he, he went down a couple times with injuries... Um, but he, he pulled it through, and I was very impressed with him. Um, Drew Moore as well. He only had one goal conceded, and he had the winning goal at the 90th minute yep. for Colorado. That is insane. Now, it's granted, good, good header. Got up got up above his defender. Right. And I, I was very – I am very impressed with a – the defenders this week, that the defenders wanted to win and they wanted to score as well. If you can have defenders that can do both, you can be unstoppable. And Drew Moore, Ikapara, Mark McKenzie, all of them showed up and was ready to play. Yeah. Special shout-out to uh, Keegan Rosemary that also had an assist in that game for Colorado. Mm-hmm. But we can only pick so many. All right, midfield. So I'd already mentioned him, Jan Gregush, one goal, two assists. Everything that Minnesota did came right through him. Mm-hmm. He was he was the heart of everything that could good happened uh, in their 5-2 win at San Jose. Uh, also for Sporting Kansas City, Gadi Kinda again goal on an assist. You know, for a for a new player to already be coming in contributing that much. Impressive I'm, stuff. I'm really excited to see how far he goes because he's he's someone that you don't expect necessarily to do so well, but he is. Yeah, no, you don't expect him to do so well, especially because you're just like, okay, Alan Polito is going to be stealing spotlight, right. and it'll be interesting to see if they can just work together and not have a, not have a spotlight battle. Yeah. Um. Also, one goal and one assist. Ezekiel Barco and Pichi Martinez. Um. They they did what they were supposed to against Cincinnati. Yeah. There's no other way to say it. They did what they were supposed to. They did they did their job. They stepped up for Joseph. Yep. Absolutely. Um. So that was midfield on the forwards. Speaking of Polito. You have to put Polito up there. Yep. Um, he had a goal and an assist for SKC. He's young. He's ready to play. And he wants to show who he is. Yeah. And well, I he's, think, he's prime age. I think he's like 27, 28. Yeah. He, he's, so like he's, he's right in that prime. Right. And I think when it comes to Kinda and him, 
I don't think there's going to be much of a problem. Um, because different positions. They're, they're different positions, but as well as they, you can already see that they're starting to work together pretty well. Yeah. Um, and I'm really excited to see if Polito and Akina can keep that yeah. momentum. Well, and if, and if Kinda and Polito make people better, better around them, I mean, Johnny Russell, Jan- Daniel mm-hmm. Shallowy, like they have other good offensive weapons. If yep. you can reignite Kyrie Shelton, which he had a golden assist, almost put him on the, on mm-hmm. the team of the week. It'll be interesting to see what happens with them. I agree. Um, another forward is I have Sergio Santos. I mentioned earlier he had a dinger. And it, that, that He didn't just have a goal. He had a dinger. And I love dingers. Um, but he also had an assist. And to um, Philadelphia's young 17-year-old forward, to have a goal was pretty huge for him. I forget his name. Um, let me see. What are you looking for? I'm looking for the kid's name. From? From um, Philadelphia Union. He Sergio Santos had a, an assist to him. Oh, 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 oh. It was uh, Brendan Aronson. Yes, Aronson. What a moment for him, especially since now he's getting called up yeah, to, to the national, to team. The national yeah, team. 19 for, years old. Right. Did I say 17? I meant 19. Yeah. The, he, well, the first one he said 17, I thought you were talking about Sergio Santos. Like, Sergio Santos is 25. No, no. Um, um, yeah, 19-year-old um, Aronson. He's, he deserves the call-up. And the fact that Santos... just got called up for the Olympics. Yep. And the fact that Santos is giving him that spotlight as well helps me put um, him as a forward of the week. And then I have Luis Amaria from Minnesota as well. He had one goal, one assist, but get this. He had five shots. That is very hard to Putting do. Put on the pressure. And that that just shows that he was ready to take shots and to be effective and to be dangerous. And obviously Minnesota yeah. won. Well, and the fact that because he, he did miss a penalty, but the fact that he didn't let that phase him and he keep shooting. And it talked about the MLS analysts have talked about how he's someone that thrives off service. And if he's taken five shots and that means either he's getting the service that he needs or he's making it for himself. Yep. Either way is good. Yeah, I agree. So those were our, um, team of the week, but we kind of want to move on to some interesting conversations. Um, Jeff, how about you take us off from there? All right. So controversy controversies of the week. So, this is something I may be super, super jumping the gun, but I want to talk about it now, and I'll probably revisit it multiple times through the season. Mm-hmm. So, when Zlatan announced he was leaving LA Galaxy, people were happy. They were saying, it's not a good work environment. They were saying, right. he's too old, this, that. He's not something to build a team around, yada, yada, yada. Just recently, Sebastian Legette, uh in an interview talked about how it was just a bad working environment. You, he said it makes you want to walk off the field. They talked about an incident where Zlatan pushed him out of the wall, like all this stuff. And so people talk about, Hey, like it's, it's, it's going to be a good thing that he left. It was not, not a good working environment. Right. And they were, they were all super hyped about bringing Chicharito in because Chicharito is a good team player. He knows how to be a team player. He's someone that plays with a lot of love and a lot of like, he really enjoys the game. Mm-hmm. So, my controversial point is 
was the MLS staff wrong about the Galaxy being better off without Zlatan slash overhyping Chicharito? Now, I know I probably shouldn't set the question to myself, but I'm going to because I feel really, really strongly about this. So, Chicharito's only had two shots, neither of them on target in his first two games. DP level forward? Mm. Right. You can't do that. Right. And the thing is, I get getting used to the system, but other new players are already going. Alan Polito's already going. Lucas Alarin is already going. Right. Like these people are already already going. Like Chicharito can't use the I just have to get no. I'm sorry. You other people are already going, you gotta go too. The, the thing is with those other players, they didn't have a name for themselves either. Chicharito does. Yeah. There's gonna be a lot of expectations. There there is a lot of expectations and I don't think um obviously people can talk about how i mean i talked about it earlier just that he doesn't have a support system around him very well which they should be bavone especially but the difference between him and zlatan zlatan a didn't lot of things yeah i mean zlatan did not need the support system he yeah. was his own support system yep. he was the team support system well and that's and that's the thing is you talk about oh zlatan made it not a good working environment and he wasn't a good teammate like i get it but let's look at some numbers. 52 goals and 56 appearances. And hold on here. Second highest goals per 90 average in league history. Only one one hundredth of a percent behind Joseph Martinez. So <laughs> the thing is, is that Zlatan, like, Everything that was good about LA came through Zlatan. Yep. Like, and you're right. He didn't need a support system. He made things for himself. And the thing is, is people talk about like, oh, you take him away, what's the team? Well, guess what? You took him away, and the team's still not there. Right. You can't take away 52 goals and 56 appearances and just say, hey, it's gonna be better with Chichard. Yeah. It'll get better. But for me, I say suck up the tough work environment and deal with having one of the best forwards in soccer history. Right. I agree 100%. Um, moving on to another controversy. This one just absolutely kind of boggles my mind. And it frustrates me. It, the whole the Miami and D.C. United game was very interesting. But what made Interesting it, is one word. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was one way to describe it. The part that really, I think, changed the game was when Roman Torres got a red card for handling the ball, first of all, outside the box, number one. Number two, incidentally, number three, there was no no way the forward was going to get a shot, ever. And he w got a red card for denying an obvious goal-scoring opportunity. Well, it was I, not no, obvious, nope. first of all. Nope. Not only that. They didn't call it. Miami went down to the other end and got a goal. And then they went back and looked. Yep. Then they went back to VAR, called the goal off, and gave Roman Torres a red card. Horrible officiating. That was by far some of the worst officiating I've seen in MLS for a long time. Yeah, no, it was really frustrating because Roman Torres was the last defender back. But you're right. The, the arm, it bounced up onto his arm i think it was completely incidental i think he had his arm outstretched to block the defender off right and so i don't think it was in an unnatural position i think he was 
I would think it was completely incidental. It was outside the box. There was no shot being made. It's not an obvious goal scoring opportunity. No. It should have been a red card. Well, and get shouldn't the, shouldn't have been a red card. It shouldn't have been a card at all. And, and get this: the the ball bounced in front of Roman Torres, not the forward. Where's the obvious goal scoring opportunity? No, I don't the, know. The, there was absolutely none. I can see if he did that and purposely blocked the ball from getting to the player's feet. If he was closer to goal, they were still another five, six yards outside the box. And they were neck and neck. There was no, there was no obvious possession Mm -mm. from the forward. Nope. None. And I just think that that was the worst officiating I've seen in a long time. That was frustrating for sure. Okay. So our last controversy point. So next week, LAFC and Montreal have a bye week. They also play in the CCL this week. Right. You know who also plays in the CCL? New York City FC and Atlanta. Do they have a bye week? No, no they do not. Right. So, what gives? I don't understand how and it and I and I get it, you know, maybe the schedule is set before CCL. I don't really know how See, the CCL was worked. set before the uh, the league. So then it should be a bye week for... Right. Like, Even if those teams didn't move on, there should be a bye week. Yeah. Anticipating that they would go through. Yeah. And the thing is, it's not necessarily that there needs to be a bye week for the teams that are in CCL because that kind of stuff happens. I mean, right. you look at Europe. I mean, you got teams playing in so many different leagues and, and, and cup games and that kind of stuff. But the fact that some teams have a bye week and some don't, that is bogus. Yeah. Because, I mean, you look at what happened with Seattle. Jordan Morris ran heaven knows how much yep. in his CCL game. Was rested on the bench against Chicago. Ended up coming off and winning it for them. Would have been a completely different game if he started. Yep. But I mean, what kind of what kind of statement is that saying that some people can get a full week of rest after that CCL game and other people have to bump right back yep. and just play in another couple of days? It doesn't make any sense to me, and I don't think there is a good communication between both CCL and MLS as well as um, this gives LAFC and Montreal an advantage because yep. um, they can play and it depends what they're prioritizing but on both sides so they can play their full best roster in CCL right. because they don't have to worry about conserving for later and if they were doing that anyway they don't have to bring anybody off the bench right in their weekend game because they're not playing right I agree. It's it. Yeah, I, real, I think it's very poor planning. I think I think that's really what it comes down to is just planning, and it's it's gonna happen. I mean, you look at the we'll talk about Premier League another time, but the um, for Liverpool they had four games in one week, um, two games in twenty four hours, and that, that, that was that's horrible, horrible planning, horrible for the team. Speaking of Premier League, though, tune in to our first Premier League episode this Wednesday. <laughs> um, please listen. It's going to be amazing. I'm really um, excited to get started. We talk about the Manchester Derby. Go, Man U! Big Man City! <laughs> Let's go! Um, I just think, I mean, given the, both of these examples, there needs to be some sort of better communication. Yeah. All right. Top discussion points of the week. So what are the storylines? What's the big stuff going on? So, Brennan. Are Minnesota a serious title contender, either for Supporter Shield and MLS Cup, after their first two games? 
that I I would honestly, even though it's the first two weeks, I would honestly and safely say that they could take the MLS Cup this year. And I think that they have probably, if they keep playing this way, a 90% chance of doing it. And that includes the supporter shield as well. They are already the top of the league on both sides of the table. They're already, they're running ready to go. And I think that's just absolutely incredible. Yeah, two wins on the road to start it out, eight goals. And Minnesota, like, they have a really, really good fan base. So they're they're it's a tough place to play at home. I think I think that can become a new a new fortress for MLS. Um I'm excited. I'm excited to see I know it is early, but they look good. They look good front to back and they're yeah. executing their plan. And I'm more impressed by the fact that they have not dominated the stat sheets and are winning. Yeah. To me that's more impressive because it means that they know how to win when they're not dominating, yep. which is very impressive. Yep, and I think it's going to show who they are later in the season. If they can keep that up, that's going to build a lot of character for the team as well as to help them and other teams see, oh, shoot, they they mean business. Yeah, I think the one thing that they need to look out for, and this might be where they're still looking to add, is that they probably need depth because middle of the season, some people might go down to injury. You're going to get some tired legs. You need strength off the bench. Now, they got some they got some good people off the bench. I'm a big fan of Hassani Dotson. Also got called up for, for Olympic qualifying for the U.S. men's national team. But it'll be interesting to see how they're doing in the middle of the season if they still have that same energy. Yeah, I agree. Um, on to another topic. Big new signings this week. Yeah, what do so you this, think? So this happened. These are some stuff that happened last week. Um, but we released our, our next episode today. So we're talking about it now. Mm-hmm. So... So I want to talk about three signings and one potential-ish signing. So DP, new DP for Montreal, Victor Wanyama mm. from Tottenham. Right. That is, I was super, super surprised by this. That was very, very impressive. Um, I He is, he's 28, so right, right in his prime. prime. Yep. He does have some injury issues, but he is right in his prime. He's been playing the Premier League. He played for Tottenham, almost 70 appearances for them, 80 appearances for, for Southampton. He's played at the top level and has played well. If he can stay healthy, that'll completely change things for Montreal. Yeah, I agree. And then you look at, and now this is, again, age might be an issue, but you just have to look at the caliber. So for DC, they signed Federico Higuain. Mm-hmm. Federico Higuain has 55 goals and 63 assists in 193 games That's for insane. Columbus. He's been a stalwart for them. Now, he is old, but if he can produce just one season, even just one more season, especially with how shaky DC's looked, then that can be really, really big. I agree. Um, now, Colorado, also maybe not as big of a signing, but they signed uh, William Yarborough, mm-hmm. um, new goalkeeper. After not having Tim Howard, it'd be good for them to to pick somebody up. Uh, William Yarbrough, someone that has played with the U.S. men's national team a bit, um, and I think that'll be big for them. So this is something that I don't want to talk too much about because it's a whole lot of we'll see. Right. Um, but uh, MLS released a list of who will be um, who will be. Um, like could replace Joseph Martinez. Um, and 
there's a lot of interesting names on this list. Carlos Baca, Olivier Giroud, Klaus-Jan Huntelaar, like a lot of really good people. Right. But we'll see. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll talk more about that when that actually happens. We'll, uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah. But we'll come back for one more segment after this. Well, we'll give our uh, predictions for next week. So stay right here for our final segment. Welcome back to the Soccer Fanatics, and thank you so much for joining us. Let's uh, let's make some predictions this week. Okay. Brennan, you want to you want to get us started? Sure. Um, NYCFC in Dallas. This is going to be an interesting game. I have NYCFC winning. Who do you have? See, I have it as a tie. This is a tough one because I think that New York will it will be different at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have been. They play at Yankee Stadium. I have been there. It's a great like. The field is kind of crappy because it's a baseball field, and so to play soccer on a baseball field, right. it's it's that's not so great. But they have a lot of fans. It's a really great fan base. Um, if you ever live there and want to go there, I got really cheap tickets that were a really good spot, so <laughs> highly recommend it. Um, but I have it as a tie just because I want to see what New York can do at home, and I haven't seen it yet, yeah. so I'm gonna wait and see. Yeah, I like that. Uh, Miami and LA. Who do you got? Um, I have Miami winning. Uh, LA's shown me nothing in the yeah. first two games. They've shown me nothing, and Miami, despite losing their first two games, have looked really good. Yeah, I like that. I have Miami winning as well. I honestly think that um, Miami could pull off a huge win, and if they can pull off this win, then that's going to be very big for them moving forward. No, in I agree. Other games. Well, and the thing is that traditionally. Playing in LA is difficult. Mm-hmm. Like that's typically a, a tough a tough place to play. But I mean, why am I saying that? It's in Miami. It's not. <laughs> it's not out in LA. It's in Miami. Sorry about that. Oh, no, you're good, ladies and gentlemen. I got got a little bit distracted there. But no, it's. I mean, it's their it's their home opener. Like yeah. it's their home opener. They're gonna have a huge crowd. Um, I was lucky enough in November, my family took a trip down to Florida. I was able to stop by the stadium. It was still under construction. And so I wasn't able to see the full thing. But it's it's (laughs) cool, though. It was cool that I could be there when it was still being made. It's like, hey, most people are going to go there when it's finished. But I'm there and it's still under construction. (laughs) There's no sign, though. Like, there's no sign that said, hey, this will be like uh, Miami FC Stadium. Right. Like, okay, that's whatever. But no, for their for how well they've been playing their first two games to have their home game be against a highly struggling LA Galaxy, I expect them to get the win. Yeah, I agree. All right, Toronto Nashville, who you got? Um, I'm gonna be a little controversial on this. I have Nashville winning. Ooh, baby. Yep. I I honestly think that Nashville, they're gonna be so tired of these last two games, performing so well and not getting the wins that they're gonna come in just guns blazing. And I, I honestly think that they're going to pull off the win. Yeah, it's – I have Toronto winning because they're at home. Right. You know, defending MLS Cup runner-ups. But I agree with everything you said. Nashville's going to come out swinging. Yep. They're going to be they're going to be looking for blood. Yep. Uh, Columbus RSL. Looks like you've got another, uh, another controversial oh, pick here. Oh, yeah. I have RSL winning this one at Columbus. And I sure hope you're right. I, I – I honest to goodness think if RSL plays the way that they did last week, possession-wise, and can finish, there's no doubt in my mind that they could beat Columbus. And Columbus, the difference is they are at home. 
They're a much better team at home. Caleb Porter's not going to be just hanging back on RSL. No. Um, and there's going to be that leftover rivalry from when he was in Portland. Exactly. That not just for point. him, but for Nagby and yep. for Adi if he plays. Yep. So I have Columbus winning as much as I'm begrudged to say it, just because I haven't seen enough from RSL to believe that they could go into a place like Columbus where they have so many talented uh, players and Caleb Porter with his tactics. It'll be really hard for them to win. Yes, they did completely dominate the Red Bulls in possession and stats and stuff. But the if they finish, that's been their question for years yeah. now. They have not had a consistent enough offense. And so they have the ability to dominate stats, but they just they they have trouble finishing. So we will we will see. Um I hope you're right. I hope RSL pulls out the win. <laughs> but I, I currently have I have Columbus winning. I like it. What about Cincy and DC? So I thought this was going to be controversial until you put the same opinion in there. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. So Cincinnati and DC, I have Cincinnati winning. Uh, DC, I feel like they, so they lost their first game. They got crazy lucky to win their second game. Shouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. And Cincinnati looking better on the road at New York and at Atlanta for a home game, I think they're going to pull out the win. I think yeah. I think it's going to be a – I know we don't usually do direct predictions, but I think it's going to be a 3-1 to one win. Interesting. And I think – all right. Let, let, me, let me do this as my bonus round. Get me a bonus point. 3-1 <laughs> to one win. Hat trick for Jurgen Lacadia. Really? I will. Okay, that is this, like stretching. So this will be my bonus point. So I get a bonus point if I'm right about that, and I will do. I'll take minus one if I'm wrong about that. I'm not predicting who's scoring for DC. Oh. But I'll, I'll say three one. I'll say three run hat trick for Jurgen Lacadia. Interesting. Okay, I'm gonna do a bonus point. I am point. really stretching though. I know for a fact I'm really stretching, but it's fun. So. I'm gonna do a bonus point then in a little bit too. All righty. Excited to see your bonus point. Yeah, <laughs> we should work. Gonna let's add bonus points to our. Uh, <laughs> this is fun. <laughs> Yours and mine's going to be very interesting. Okay. Vancouver and Colorado. Vancouver and Colorado. Um, this is tough because Colorado's had two late winners. Um, I think, I think it's going to be a tie. Vancouver hasn't really shown me much, but they did win at LA galaxy. Even if galaxy has been playing bad, they still did win there. So, I think Colorado can't always rely on late game winners, so I'm going to give it as a tie. Yeah, I I really have nothing else to add to that. I have a tie as well. I I do think that it's going to be very close. Okay. All right, Atlanta SKC. Um, this this game is going to be big. This is actually our match focus for mm-hmm. next week. So I expect this to be a really 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 big game. What do you What do you see? Um, I think Atlanta is going to win. They are at home. Um, so I, I do think that they have that advantage. I still think it's going to be tight, but I and honestly can go either way, but I do think Atlanta is going to pull it off. Yeah, I have I have SKC winning. Um, you're right, Atlanta is at home, um, but I think that SKC is a level, certainly a level above Cincinnati and Nashville, and I think they're going to give them a lot of problems. If Gadi Kinda and Alan Polito can play like they played the last two weeks, then I think Kansas City is going to win. I agree. I like that. Um, Philly and San Jose. Um, if you would have asked me this after last week, I would have said tie, but 
for Philly to go in and tie 3-3 at LAFC, very impressive. Yeah. Uh, for San Jose to get dominated um, by Minnesota, hard for me to imagine that they'll be able to put on a big performance on the road. Philadelphia is one of those teams that they just have to be consistent because they're not consistent. Right. And so it'll be interesting to see. I expect Philly to get the win, but are we seeing the Philly from this week that tied at LAFC 3-3 or the Philly from the first week that lost at Dallas Two to nothing. See, I think this this is going to be a big momentum shift for him um, from this last week. I think that to have gonna... that shift so early, right. to have a result like that so early is very important. Right, and I and I think that's going to help them continue to win from here on out. Uh, I do have Philly winning as well. Nice. All right, Orlando, Chicago. Who you got? Chicago. <laughs> Orlando's doing nothing, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, Chicago. I haven't seen anything from them. Chicago is just, I think, a much higher caliber team. Um, Which is really interesting to say after what they did last year. Right. They, they they look much better compared to last oh, year. Oh, yeah. So um, much better. To go into Seattle and to barely lose in Seattle, they shouldn't have lost, to be honest. Um, enough as that hurts me to say. But um, I do think that um, Chicago is going to pull off the win in Orlando. All right. Yeah. I, I also have Chicago winning. Again, just to echo the things that you said, I've seen nothing from... Orlando, Chicago's looked good. They have they look really good in possession. Um, they have good interpassing. They have good short passing, good quick passing, um, and they can also hit a ball over the top. Georgie Mihaljevic knows how to do that right. So yeah. I also expect Chicago to get the win. Okay. All right, Houston and Seattle, yeah. your team. I'll let you go first. Okay, I think Seattle's gonna win. And get this, this is gonna be my bonus point. Ooh, let's go. Okay, let's go. I have. I have either Ibarra. Oh, either. Okay, listen, 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 listen. Ugh. They're going to be wingers. Ibarra having two goals or Morris having a hat trick. Okay. Okay. So the reason I'm saying this is because Ibarra, even though he's been not so well these past couple games, I do think he's going to get the start again. And I think he's just going to be hungry. He, he scored last game an offside goal. It was a really good goal, though. And you could tell that his momentum shifted immediately when he did that. Morris is just an animal, and he hates Houston. <laughs> so it, when he goes there, he's going to destroy them. So either way, that that's kind of what I'm thinking as a bonus point. I, I'll stick more towards the Ibarra two goals, um, but if obviously if Morris does... I can get half a point for that one because no, it's no, expected I'll, I'll, for Morris. No, I'll, give, I'll give you the full point. So I also have Seattle winning. Um, again, Houston hasn't hasn't done a whole lot so far. Their cohesion quite isn't there yet. Um, Seattle has looked good in both their games. They looked good in the CCL even though they, they got knocked out. Now, the one thing that I'll say to counteract Yuri Barra thing, Houston has Christian Ramirez and Darwin Quintero that both played with him Christian Ramirez played with it was Batman and Superman that was their nickname huh. they were the dynamic duo in the USL before Minnesota came to the MLS yep so even if Christian Ramirez comes off the bench and even though he's a forward he's not a defender he knows exactly how Ibarra plays yeah. and so I think he'll have a lot of info for Houston's staff about how to play against him I do too but that also on the other side though gives Ibarra even more of a wanting to win. That's um, true. No, and, it's a fair point. And, and I think that's going to 
if if you're playing someone that you've played before, I mean, for me personally, I play better and stronger and I'm willing to take more risks when it comes to playing former teammates. Um, I like that. And I think um, Ibarra's going to do the same. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. He, I mean, he's got to go. Got to go. He's got to get. He's got to get going. I'm yeah. sure. Now's the good time as any. Yeah. Um. On to the team that nobody likes. Just kidding. I I don't like them because they're Portland. But New England and Portland. Yeah. Not nobody likes. Just <laughs> Cascadia don't. people. Yeah. Yeah. I know you have your Cascadia Robert. I mean, I don't like Portland either. Um. But it's easier to like them when we beat them more. So that's true. Sorry to Portland fans. That's true. Um. So New England, Portland, um, I have New England winning, um, again, Portland has not, they've, they've shown glimpses, but they're not quite cohesive enough yet. I feel like New England's still working on their cohesion too, but home field advantage, I'm going to give it to New England. I like that. I respect that. I honestly do think though that Portland's going to win at New England. Um, I think if the Char brothers play the way they did this last game and can just mesh with Valeri. That is one of the most dangerous midfields uh, statistically and name on paper wise. Yeah. Well, then you throw Blanco in there. and Exactly. I think getting chemistry with Flores, their new mm-hmm. DP forward, I think that is going to be when things start to kick in for them, yeah. how quickly they can do that. And if they can do it this next game away, I think that's going to be huge for Portland. Yeah. No, it'll be big. All right. Our... Uh, our team of the week for this week, Minnesota at home, home opener against New York Red Bulls. Who you got? Um, I have a tie. Ooh, with the yeah. controversy over yeah. here. My I, goodness. I really like controversial games. New York Red Bulls does not like Minnesota. And I do think that they're going to want to go in there harder than they have the other couple games, especially since they haven't been doing one of these past couple of games. And I do think... For some reason, there's just I got this feeling that New York Red Bulls are gonna tie with yeah, Minnesota. At I can't home. I can't ignore the feeling, but I uh, I'll let you be Mr. Feels and I'll be Mr. <laughs> Logic uh, this time, and I'll just say Minnesota's been kicking the crap out of everybody. Yeah. And home opener, I got them getting the win. Yeah, I like it. But we'll uh, we'll see what happens. But thank you all so much for for tuning in to our show. Uh, a thank you again if it's if it's your second time tuning in. If you tuned in last week, we we really appreciate the the support. Uh, we're just two guys trying to have a good time and and help grow grow the great sport of soccer. So one last time before signing off, I'm Jeff Carroll and I'm Brennan Berry. This is and we are the, the soccer, soccer fanatics. fanatics.